word because after the words I love you, I nullify the words I love you. You don't say I love you because, because that makes love conditional. If I love you because you're sweet, that's really nice, but it also means I could, lo I could not love you because of something. So I love you doesn't have a because on the end of it. It's just I love you. It's a choice. It's a decision that God makes that says, no, I love you, period. I love that. In Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 35, God, God, says, uh, God says to the people of Israel, I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord Almighty. So God declares his commitment to you as your God. Isn't that awesome? It's not that God is saying, oh, you know, I'm sort of working on it. I'm, I'm trying to be your God. I'm, right? He, his voice bellows. It echoes off the edges of the universe. The God of all creation declares his commitment and his love for you. That's awesome. So you're in good hands. Okay, great. Moving on. So that was free. So now, uh, this morning, we go to Acts chapter 2. If you would turn there, I'll be there in a moment. So today is our life group launch. And really, what that means, it doesn't mean that we don't have life groups and now we're launching groups because we really just are continuing many of the groups. But it's the one weekend of the year, really, that we just... Life groups are an absolutely central part of our ministry as a church. We believe life is better together. And so it's worth taking a weekend as a church and emphasizing what it is that we do and, and what, what happens in these groups. And if you're not part of a group, we really want to encourage you to become a part of a group today. And there are sign-ups in the lobby after the service and you can, I will introduce to you our life group leaders so that you can put a face to a name and we can hopefully get you connected. That's the goal if you're not already connected. If you are, well, I guess you can ignore this. I, not really, but you know, if you are connected, I'm glad for you. Um, so I remember, uh, well, let's start with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. It's printed on the back of your life group's brochure that was in your program. And what I'd like is for all of us to read that together out loud. Can we do that? So that uh, you don't, you know, just so that we can all be in unison and be in agreement about it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Have you found it? Okay, should be relatively easy. It's right there. So it goes this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of but all the more, go ahead. I don't have it in front of me. I need you to read it. Excellent. Thank you very much. That's great. Let us not give up meeting together, but let us continue to encourage each other. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, do you think the day is any closer now than it was 2,000 years ago when Hebrews 10 was first written? Just mathematically speaking, the day is a lot closer. What do you figure? So given that, it makes sense that we ought to be meeting even more than they did. True, if I'm going to live out that passage. 
all the more as you see the day approaching. So don't give up meeting together. Why? Well, because the closer the day gets, the hotter the battle gets. The, the more the war heats up, the more you and I need the encouragement of one another. I love the fact that Jesus designed it so that we would get to be in community together. God didn't just save you and then stick you on a deserted island somewhere and there you go, you're floating off into the universe all by yourself. No, God puts you in a family. We even call it the family of God. Isn't that great? It's a family with brothers and sisters and no matter where I've gone around the world, I love the family of God. You know, you see people, they're different colors. They might worship in a mud house versus a big cathedral. They speak a different language, but they're my brother and they're my sister. It's amazing the connection that we have with people around the world that you just meet because Jesus saved them, Jesus saved me, we're in the same family. It's awesome. God's chosen in his wisdom to put you and me into a family, to put us in community. You say, well, I can be a Christian and, you know, not be committed to a, to a life group or not be committed to a church. Yeah, you could be, but you're not going to be a growing Christian. If you want to grow, if you're serious about pursuing Jesus and you're serious about becoming more like Jesus, then you've got to lock into community because Christianity is a team sport. God designed it for us to play together. And you've got a role to play and I've got a role to play and we each have gifts and jobs to do and when we do it all together and it's firing on all cylinders, it's really a beautiful thing. It's the family of God. I remember 20, it was about 20 years ago that God first really began to convict me about, about community and Christian community in particular because I had started off pastoring a church and 26 years ago now and and it was a program church we were doing all kinds of great things and it was a growing church it was the largest church in Jefferson County and I mean lots of great stuff happening but what really disturbed me was we had begun to equate activity in church with growth and we assumed because somebody was on a committee and somebody was teaching and somebody was serving or doing different things that that meant they were growing in Christ and that's not at all the case. Somebody can spend their whole lives busy doing church stuff and never become like Jesus, never grow in their faith. So I began to say, Lord, how do you do this? And God showed me discipleship is, a, is about an intimate relationship. It's a purposeful relationship where we get together for the express purpose of helping one another to grow. And that that's exactly what Jesus did when he called his disciples. Jesus didn't go, hey, come to my class. I got a lot of great notes for you. Jesus said, come follow me. Come, come hang out in my life. See what I do. You know, hear what I say. See how I function. See how I manage my money. See how I manage my time. See how I manage my family. Come, come follow me. See how, this, how I do this. And as the disciples rubbed up against Jesus, iron sharpening iron, right? They became more and more like him. And that's the way that community works. We rub off on each other. We learn about all of those things as a result of being involved in one another's lives. Sometimes you learn how not to do things, right? I mean, I've always said ministry's been one of the best things for my walk with Jesus. Man, I've taken lots of notes over the years on how not to live life 
learned a lot. It's been good. But we do that when we're together. You learn how not to do it. You learn how to do it. It's a beautiful thing. So I remember we, we uh, got permission to begin our first small group. And um, this was about 20, 19, 20 years ago. And so we started, we gathered a group of people, people that we had led to Christ, and they were all new Christians, and it was really great. And there was one guy, his name was Dana in particular. Dana had not come to Christ yet. His wife had gotten saved, but Dana had not yet gotten saved. And so I had lunch with Dana because I was, you know, wanted to talk with him about his soul. And then I also wanted to invite him to our small group that we were just starting up. And I'll never forget his response when I invited him to our small group. His response was, I'll come to your little Bible study, but I'm not into all that touchy-feely stuff, and don't expect me to bang on any drums, you know? <laughs> I'm like, okay, Dana, that was his impression, you know? We're all just going to go to the woods and bang on a drum and get in touch with our inner, our inner whatever, right? So i like, Dana, you can come, just sit in the chair, and that's it. You don't have no obligation. Just come. Just And he came, thankfully. And after several weeks, he gave his heart to Jesus. And then several months later, we were laughing because we realized he was the touchy-feeliest member of the whole group. And, I, and that's exactly what happens in community like that. It's amazing the changes that God brings about in a person's life, you know, um, as you start to rub off on each other. I'll never forget the night that Kasten, five, four, five years old, laid hands on Crystal Van Ackerberg because baby Annette was not nursing. And in our meeting, Kasten, five years old, gets his hand on her and he prayed for healing and within an hour Annette was nursing and everything was fine, you know? I mean, where else does a five-year-old get the opportunity to exercise the gift of healing, okay? That's the kind of stuff that happens in a life group. I used to be frustrated when I, because I share my faith. I, I, talk to, I, I talk to people. I don't know if you noticed that or not. And so, so as a result, over the years, I've had the privilege of leading a lot of people to faith in Christ. And one of the things that I would be frustrated by 25 years ago was I'd lead somebody to Christ and then bring them to church and introduce them to my Christian friends. And they're all like, that's wonderful. Hey, praise the Lord, welcome to the family. And then they walk away and do their thing. And here's my friend who's still left alone, you know? But I've seen it work totally differently in a life group setting. Because now as a life group, we're praying for my friend. And then my friend starts coming. And as a life group, we work together to lead my friend to Jesus. And then when that person comes to Christ, they have a whole family. It's an immediate family. They're not just left alone in their new walk with Jesus. They're connected in already. It's awesome. So a few years ago, we started to call our groups life groups. Life is an, is an acronym, and an, an, an acronym, right? Or acronym is the word. And it stands for four things that a life group does, the pillars of a life group, L-I-F-E. And we get it out of out of uh, Acts chapter 2, so turn with me to Acts 2, 42 to 47, and you see all four of these things at play here in this paragraph. So let's just um, read it, okay? They devote, now this is the first Christians. Remember the time, just the time frame so you can place this in your mind in history. 
Jesus Christ died, rose again, ascended back to heaven approximately two months, two to three months before this. So this is pretty new. These are the first Christians, the first church. And we read this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Does that sound like fun? That sounds like fun to me. That's F-U-N with a capital F. These guys were living the dream, right? There's four elements there that, um, that, that they were engaging in that really make up a healthy life group. The L stands for loving Jesus in worship. So verse 43 says they were filled with awe at the many signs and wonders that the apostles were doing. Friends, that's all worship is. Worship is a sense of awe about who God is and all that God is doing in my life and around the world. That's worship. Worship is not a few songs before the sermon. It's, if that's your idea of worship, then you've missed it. It's not worship. Worship is from, from the depth of my heart, I'm in awe of who God is, of his character, and I'm in awe of all that God is doing in my life and around the world. I'm in awe at all that God has done. So that's worship. I, you know, he is, you notice God doesn't worship. God's not a worshiper. God is to be worshiped. You and I are the worshipers, right? God being who God is, is worthy of worship. You being who we are, are the worshipers. Our place is at his feet, acknowledging his role as God of the universe. He's the creator, I'm the created. Worship puts that in its right order. You and I were made to worship. So when we worship, that's home base. That's right where we belong. And when we worship, we, we, we place Jesus at his rightful place as the Lord over our lives. That's when stuff starts to get right, when God takes his rightful place in my life. That's why worship is so important. That's why I want to encourage you every, every time we gather together, man, leave it all on the field. You know, don't, don't half-heartedly mumble a few words, but give everything you've got to worship because God's worthy of it. So that's the L. They love Jesus through worship. The second, the I, is they were devoted to the instruction of the word. You notice in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Guess what we call the apostles' teaching nowadays? The New Testament. And guess what the apostles taught 2,000 years ago? What they taught from? The Old Testament. Therefore, instruction in the apostles' teaching would be the Word of God, the whole Bible. We've got the Old and the New Testaments. Friends, and when you're in a... When, Okay, so a sermon is great, but a sermon's kind of like a, you know, a frozen food meal. 
it's all prepackaged. You just pop it in the microwave and you eat it, right? And it's good. It's good. It'll get you through. But then when you're in a life group and you're interacting with God's word and you're asking questions and you're digging in and people go, I don't know what that word means. And they whip out their phones now, right? Well, they do an internet search. 20 years ago, we couldn't do that. But now people are whipping out their phones, getting into the Greek and the Hebrew and digging all into it. It's great. We, do, we commit ourselves to the instruction of God's word. The other piece of it is this. I, I love you guys, but I don't really care what you think. I want to know what Jesus thinks. I'm committed to what God says about my life, right? And when we come together as a life group, I've seen it before. A lot of times life groups slip into the danger. They call, I call it the I thinks. You get in a little meeting and everybody's like, well, I think this and I think that and I think this and I think that. And sometimes I just stop it and I go, we got to stop with the I thinks because really it ain't about what you think. It's about what God thinks. What's God saying? So you got stuff, I got stuff. What's God say about that stuff, right? And as a group, we come together with the sole purpose, the desire to hear God's voice about that stuff. We're committed to the instruction of God's word. That's the I. The F stands for fellowship. Man, fellowship's all over this paragraph. You see these people? They're meeting together daily in the temple courts. They're going over to each other's houses, breaking bread. They're, they're, they're hanging out together. They're living life together. Life's better together. It's fellowship. Fellowship is not coffee and donuts, just for the record. You know, you can have fellowship and not have coffee and donuts, and you can have coffee and donuts and not have fellowship. So it's not about the coffee and donuts. Fellowship is my heart to your heart. It's, it's me sharing my stuff and you sharing your stuff. It's dropping the mask, getting real with one another. What's God doing here in our lives? Let's share that. That's fellowship. I, and I love it in a group setting when we begin to really minister to someone. We get them, I call it in the hot seat, you know, put them in the hot seat and start to pray over them as a group. And you see prophetic words given. You see people, you know, sharing scriptures. And I mean, it's just awesome to see how God can really minister. That's fellowship. That's, that's locking in with each other. And I love it when after a life group meeting, you see two people, you know, the rest of us are having coffee or whatever, and there's two people over here. They're continuing on with the, you know, with the discussion. They're, they're praying together, and they're, that's fellowship. So that's what the F in life group stands for. And when you've got the L, the I, and the F, the E comes naturally. The E is really a byproduct of the first three. So we love Jesus and worship. We're committed to worship. We're committed to the instruction of the word. We're enjoying fellowship with one another. E is evangelism. You see look, verse 47? God added to their number daily those who were being saved. A lot of people read that and they say, see, God's the one that does the work. Yes and no. I mean, God, yes, saves people. I don't. You don't save anybody. God does the saving. But God uses people in people's lives. So it's not just that these guys are having a little kumbaya session in the living room and suddenly, you know, God's just magically bringing people to the living room. 
and adding to their numbers daily. These people are living their faith out loud. You get that? They're, they're worshiping out loud. They're committed to the instruction. They're meeting in the temple courts. They're breaking bread. They're sharing stories, testimonies. You see God do this. You see God do that. These guys are living their lives out in the open. And as they do, God uses that, and he adds to their number daily, those who are being saved. That's why I, one of the things I love about a life group is there's something about all the cars lined up in front of your house every Tuesday night that makes your neighbors go, I wonder what's happening over there. It's the truth. I've had conversations with my neighbors because of that. Hey, I noticed, uh, hey, Doug, I noticed all the cars. What's, what's up with the cars? There you go. It's amazing. Just begin to live your life outside of these four walls, you know. Get out and live your faith out there. It's amazing. God uses that. Um, so there's the life. Loving Jesus in worship. Instruction in God's word. Fellowship. Evangelism. God adds to their number daily those who are being saved. And you know what happens as a result? Multiplication. I mean, you, you can only fit so many people in the living room. Eventually, the living room gets full, and then you have to multiply. And one of the things, I, if I can just be frank with you this morning, it's multiplication is one of the areas where, as a church, we failed, honestly, over the years. Because we began New River Church as a life group with the vision that it would multiply and that two groups would become four groups, would become eight groups, would become 16 groups, and 32 groups, and so forth. And that as the groups multiplied, then the church itself would also multiply. We never intended to just be one church, always intended to be a church that started other churches, that the entire state of Connecticut would be impacted with the good news of Jesus. But it happens as one group multiplies to another group, we go from neighborhood to neighborhood to neighborhood around the state until the entire state is impacted with the good news of Jesus. But see, one of the things that we've come to is multiplication is very difficult. And I get it, because you fall in love with these people in your group, and you meet them every Wednesday night or whatever it is, and it's just kind of hard. It's very hard to think about not meeting every Wednesday night as a group together anymore because now we're two groups. But friends, you know, it's got to happen because every life group has a life cycle. Eventually, it's going to die. Eventually, a life group, it's, it doesn't just keep going with the five of us forever and ever, right? Um, eventually, there were, it just gets stagnant. And so living things multiply, don't they? That's what living things do. Um, normal. Multiplications. And it's the way God created his world to be fruitful, to multiply. And so one of the things, that, one of the convictions that I've come to recently is, you know, there's pain associated with multiplication. It is painful. And there's also pain associated with stagnation. When a group kind of reaches a point where it just sort of fizzles, there's a lot of pain in that too. But I would choose the pain of multiplication over stagnation because in multiplication, there's a new birth. Stagnation, there's just death. So if I'm facing pain on either one of those, I'll take the pain that gets to the new birth. 
Can I get an amen there? You got that? I hope you agree with me. Like, that makes more sense. I mean, I'm not a bright guy, but I'm telling you, I'll take the new birth over the death. How about it? Right? So that's multiplication. One of the things I'm so excited about is this year in our leaders, we're pushing, we're going to be training and emphasizing and praying and seeking God about more multiplications. And I really believe that um, in January, actually, three of our groups are positioned to multiply. So that's exciting. By January, 13 groups. May it be, Lord. May it be. Right? Right? You're looking at me goofy. Okay. So that, my friend, that's where we're headed. That's what Life Group is all about. It's not just a Bible study. It's a group of people meeting together to pursue Jesus together, to reach this world together, because life is better together. That's the way Jesus designed it, to put us in a family if we do it together. What I want to do is introduce to you our life group leaders. These men and women are awesome in um, their service to our church body. And I'm going to, not all of them are with us, I don't think, this morning, but we do have everybody's picture, at least, so you can see their picture. And what I really want to do is this. If you're not in a group, I want you to think about, well, which one of those would I want to go to? If you're in a group, that's great. That's awesome. If you're in a group, I want you to think about when it is that you're going to lead one. Oh. Yeah, if you're in a group, I want you to think about when it is that you're going to lead one. Because I guarantee you, you're in my crosshairs. And I want you to lead a group sooner than later. I'm convinced that everybody can. You don't have to be Joel Osteen to lead a life group. You know, Billy Graham, you can, anybody can love Jesus and love people. It's kind of what it amounts to. It's one of the things I love about the Bible in a small group setting is I like to pass that around and let people lead the, the Bible discussion in our group so that I'm not the only one that does it. Because not everybody's going to stand up here and preach a sermon, but anybody can crack open the Bible and start asking a few questions. That's all it takes. It's amazing. That's why I tell people when they're nervous. I'm like, just ask a couple questions, then we all get talking, and then you're done. It's, it's the easiest thing ever. You just got to get them warmed up, man, and they start going. It's great. So anyway, here's our, here's our life. Don't get me going. Here's our life group leaders. So the first set, we have a, a group of, if you could put them up, because this is my cue. So I think the first one is, uh, which groups? There should be another slide. No? There should be pictures and stuff. Oh, way to go, Brad. Okay, perfect. Well, here we go. <laughs> I love you, man. It's great. Okay, so the first one is uh, our adult groups. And uh, we have a group that's of young adults led by Todd and Jen McCoy. And then we have another group of young adults led by Josh and Taylor Parker and Caleb and Christina Maloney. And then we have Bud and Linda Duplin, who are also leading a, an adults group. I want you guys, would you come up here so we can see your faces? Since we don't have your pictures, I guess now we've got to see your faces anyway. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the microphone first to Todd. I just let them introduce themselves to you, but then tell you when their group meets and kind of where they meet. And then that way then you can grab them after the service. I like hugging Todd because he doesn't like hugs. Perfect. <laughs> Thank Go you, ahead. Doug. Thank you. 
I'm Todd, this is Jen, my wife, my better half next to me, and uh, we meet at our house, but we make um, um, a pretty concerted, intentional effort to rotate homes within our group, um, and that's just kind of to promote fellowship and uh, see what leaders are all about. Our demographic is uh, basically anybody that's graduated from high school, 19-ish or so, all the way up until, I'm going to say late 20s-ish for now, um, and that's, uh, we call it college and career, but... Um, anybody in that demographic, that's kind of how we like to rock and roll. So. Hi, I'm Josh, and with my wife Taylor and Christina and Caleb, we lead um, a group on Thursday nights for uh, young married couples. We call ourselves Young and in Love. Um, <laughs> we rotate houses uh, between the different couples, um, and uh, but we're generally in the Manchester, Uh, we meet every Thursday nights, and the first Thursday of every month, we try to put together a dinner just to have some social fun as well as fellowship. And occasionally, we come together because we are a multiplication. And uh, this last Thursday, we had a game night, and it was really fun. Awesome. That's right. And then Bud and Linda. Uh, <coughs> hi, I'm Bud. This is my wife, Linda. We're old and a lot in in love. Is that a good one? <laughs> And uh, we meet second and fourth Friday of every month, and it's for adults. Uh, we live at 155 Trout Stream in Vernon, Connecticut. What? Seven and nine. Is that, is that it? This is how we have our group. She tells me what to say. <laughs> and it's not, just, it's not just couples. It could be for anybody. Okay. Perfect. Thank you very much. So... You can grab these guys after the service. If uh, this fits you, please do. And then we have uh, a number of women's groups. Um, that We have four different ladies' groups, and the, the newest one is uh, being launched by Janelle Party. And, and then we have a group that Tina Eaton is leading. Tina, come on up. And um, Tina has been doing really awesome. Her group has been really, it's an outreach. She's got ladies, uh, several ladies that don't know Christ. And you know what? Tina would love is a couple of you ladies to come alongside her and help reach these ladies, right? Okay. And uh, well, I'm getting there. See, bud, you're not the only one with women telling you what to do. Okay. And then, uh, and then Lori Goldsmith <laughs> leads a group on the second fourth Saturday, and then Cindy Boyington and Pat Williams they're leading a ladies group on Saturday mornings. And here's our. I'll give the microphone first to Lori. Um, we have a kind of diverse group. We have um, young moms all the way to, you know, people in their older parts in life. And and we have a really um, sweet group of ladies that are very sincere and, and transparent and um, really hungering to just know Jesus better and, and um, to live our lives for him. We meet the second um, and fourth Saturday of the month, and we meet at my house at 10 a.m. to Okay, so thanks for that introduction, but my group has changed. <laughs> so I'm looking for members, actually. Um, uh, we meet during the day, um, during the week, so that kind of changes the dynamic. A lot of the moms in my group um, got jobs this year. So um, <laughs> I'm looking for people to come join me on a Friday afternoon and uh, hang out. We're going to be doing um, the Christ Collision um, 
call it Bible study, um, that Doug is starting up, and then we'll take it from there. We'll see what we do next. Um, but yeah, looking for people to join, so come on over. Um, if you have kids still, I have a big playroom, so they can come. Um, so yeah, there we go. Hi, I'm Janelle, and I'm with Tina. We're starting this group brand new, so if you are not in a group, looking for a new group, we um, are also the group to join if you're free in the evenings. We're gonna meet on Thursday evenings from 6.30 till 8.15ish. So if you have kids in youth group, drop your kids off at youth group, and we'll either meet at my house, which is in Manchester, or we're gonna meet at Kim's house, which is right across the street, so make it really convenient to drop off your kids and come over. And we're gonna start off with Christ Collision, and then we're gonna move into James Mercy Triumphs, which is a Beth Moore Bible study. So if you like Beth Moore, please join us. My name is Cindy, and I'm co-lead with Pat Williams. We meet every Saturday morning here at the church, usually right out in the lobby, from 9.30 to 11. We just started a study by Max Lucado called Fearless, and we have a few spots left because we have a book and a workbook that goes with it. So if you're interested in joining us, it should last maybe till about November or so. We're not exactly sure because we, as Doug said before, when we get talking, we don't get very far. We have a lot of great sharing, and, and um, we're a very diverse group. We have ladies who don't even come here to, to this church that are part of our group. So um, if you're interested, um, see me out there. Thank you, ladies. And then we got men's groups. There's two of them, and uh, one is led by Bud and Bud Duplin and Tom Nolan, and the other led is, is led by Marvin Thomas and myself. And I don't know if Tom's here, so Bud, you want to come back up and get your group? So this is Marv. Our group meets on Wednesday nights. Yeah, we meet in South Windsor at uh, Doug's house uh, uh, every Wednesday evening from 7 to 9. Um, this past year we've had about 8 or 10 guys, uh, and we just, one of us will lead, uh, and uh, it seems like everybody does jump in like Doug said. I consider myself the dunce of the group because I don't quote Bible verses like some of the other guys, but... It's amazing what, uh, when the Holy Spirit's with you, uh, what does take place. I'm going to turn this over to Tom. I just want to make one correction. In the bulletin for the adult group, it said first and third Friday. It's actually second and fourth. I gave uh, bad information to Janelle. It's second and fourth. Sorry for the confusion. Uh, Tom Noland. Um, I run a men's group uh, along with Bud on Tuesdays. We meet from 7 to 8.30 and we deal with men's issues and find biblical solutions to the problems men's, men face and from their family lives to the single guy. And, uh, and it's also a close encounter with Jesus and fellowship. Thank you. So that's Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. Tuesday nights for their group Wednesday nights for me and Marv so guys come on out and then one more group is a family group that Keith and Michelle Jones are leading with Karis and myself and and uh, I'm just thrilled to be able to lead a group with the Joneses so these guys are awesome I'll let you talk well, sure okay, thanks so we meet every Tuesday night uh, Doug's house um, and really for I've been in a variety of life groups you know, here at New River. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to being in a family life group and experiencing what the story even Doug talked about, right? And raising our children as an integral part of the group. Um, 
you don't have to have children to come, <laughs> so it's not restricted to just children or families with young children. Um, you know, we welcome anyone who wants to, to show up and, and fellowship with us, but again, looking forward to raising our, our kids as part of a group. So that's kind of a new, a new venture for us, so yeah. So there's the groups, friends, and you've got time. Oh, and then there is one group on Monday nights, uh, which is a men's purity group. It's very specific to that issue. Um, and uh, we have four guys uh, that are leading that. And I know Nick is here and Brad's in the sound there. But uh, if you're interested, you do need to see these guys before you go. I made that mistake once, so. You need to talk to them. It's a very, it's a very highly um, um, confidential, accountable kind of group. And so uh, if you're interested in going, you can see Nick or Brad, the um, video extraordinaire back there. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's uh, I'm just playing. Let's, um, let's pray together and, and let's commit these to the Lord and invite the worship team to come and um, lead us in our closing song. Father, thank you for the privilege of giving us a family to be a part of. You didn't just save us and throw us out there alone, but you put us in a family. I thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you for the blessing of this family to my own family, how my own children have benefited from these men and women. Thank you, Lord. The baby Grace we dedicated this morning, she gets to grow up in a family like this. Lord, uh, the blessing that she's in store for is really good. Lord, um, I thank you for these men and women and their commitment to leading these groups, and we would pray your blessing on them. I pray, Lord, that you would fill them with joy, that they would really be blessed as they serve. And Lord, we pray for fruit. I pray for multiplications. I pray, Lord, that these groups would grow through evangelism, that there'd be uh, many people come to Christ this year through these groups, we ask. And, uh, Lord, I pray that by this time next year, the, our living rooms are bursting at the seams. And that, Father, um, more groups to be had, that there will be multiplications. Bless that, I pray. So, Lord, we're yours. And we ask this in your holy name. Amen. Would you stand and, and sing with me as we close? And as we do, I want to open up the altar. And, um, you know, if you'd like to receive prayer about anything, we're here. We want to pray with you. Uh, one of the things that the uh, that the elders and I were praying for this week is we were just really believing that this weekend there's two people that God wants to to uh, there's two people that are going to be saved, two people that are going to be healed. We're trusting God for two salvations, two healings. So this is your day. That's all I'm saying. I mean, the Lord preps us. We've been praying for you for the whole week. So uh, today's your day, friend. So as we close in singing, come on up and let's pray together and see God do his work in your life.